0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com. Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter here with y'all on this Thursday. It's one more day till we finally get another Pelicans game. It's been too long, though. That rest is probably needed, and I guess coaching time is probably needed for this team. We'll touch on tomorrow's game against the Toronto Raptors in the Friday episode. Give you everything you want to know about that game, what we're expecting, what we're hoping for. Really hope to see some things right. But today, we're going to talk about the defense a little bit more. There was a great article over by Mike Prada over at SBNation.com. He picked up on a few things. One thing I hadn't noticed before, I want to take a look at and dive into that a little bit more in today's episode. And then we're going to talk some Jackson Hayes. We've seen him getting some minutes the past couple of games. How's he been? What should our expectations be going forward? So we're going to dive into those two topics in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So it's going to be a bit of a shorter podcast today because my girlfriend's parents are visiting and I've been exiled from the offices of Locked On Pelicans which is the dining room table, into our bedroom upstairs. And this is just a little bit weird. I'm not going to take a picture and show this to you guys because you'd all laugh at me. We've got to maintain some degree or air or fakeness, smoke and mirrors, of professionalism here. So with all of that in mind, shorter episode, but we'll dive into everything. So first, looking at the defense. And talked about it yesterday, kind of what the scheme is to let you guys know what you're seeing from the Pelicans when they're out there on the court. It really starts with that high pickup of the point. Point guard, whoever's initiating the action with the team, with the lead guard, with a big, and then from there it kind of all goes to crap. Well, Mike Prada over at SB Nation wrote about this, and it's really good. He's got a lot of video in there too to really show you what's going on. Um, Some of the examples are cherry picked, but what you know, sometimes you kind of need to show the extremes on this. But one thing he said, which I hadn't noticed a ton of till I really went back and watched it, and again, we'll have to see how prevalent this is. In Friday's game against the Toronto Raptors, in addition to doing that high pickup with the ball uh, with the ball handler and then another big, you see one of the guys who's kind of supposed to guard the paint or be the rotation man just immediately slide into the paint to take away those shots at the rim. And normally we wouldn't have a problem with this if the Pelicans weren't actually just giving up so many damn shots at the rim. You saw the Milwaukee Bucks run uh, some degree of this variation, something very. It's it, you're in the same ballpark here of this defense when they left open shooters on the three from three point line last year to take away the paint, the most effective and efficient shot in the league in hopes of just letting bad shooters take threes. I likened it to when the Pelicans played the Lakers last year and they let Lonzo Ball shoot over 10 threes. I forget the exact number. You want him doing that. And if he beats you, he beats you. And you're just going to be like, okay, what, what are we supposed to do here? We'll live with that. But when it comes to this Pelicans team... You're not actually taking away the shots at the rim. So you're stuck with these dudes down low who aren't doing anything. And then all it takes is one extra pass and then boom, corner three, boom, open three on the perimeter. And it's been a ton of problems for the team. So how do they fix this? What should they do going forward? Do they maybe go a little bit less aggressive and just try and play that more one-on-one man defense? And in a vacuum, everyone here can play pretty good one-on-one man defense. I think the initial pickup has been pretty good for the most part, though Mike Prada does point out the Pelicans have been horrible fighting through screens. And I tried to pull the numbers on NBA.com to kind of see what they looked like. And it wasn't a huge variant. So I pulled, they track something called screen assists, which is basically a screen that then leads to points being scored. And you can track that and kind of see everything that's going on. And unfortunately, well, fortunately, the Pelicans When you look at the opponents they've played are given up about those teams averages and it's a small sample size, you know, it's one game, but they're falling in line kind of with what we've seen. There hasn't been really any big outlier in there. It was just one team. And I don't know if one out of eight is something you really want to say is a big deal about. So overall, yeah, they do get hit on screens a lot, but you're not seeing it reflect in the numbers. And I don't know how accurate that screen assist stat is. You've got to be careful with some of the numbers you see on the NBA.com slash stat site, like defended field goals, uh, contested field goals. None of those are particularly great to use. They can kind of give you an idea if someone's got no defender around him, but when it goes defended and certain things like that, sometimes it just tags the closest player. So you've got to keep that in mind um, with some of those numbers. But overall, they you know they're not... I think you can see it just watching the games and looking at the film that I did. Yeah, they're not great at fighting through screens and that's becoming a really big problem. When you're not switching, you've gotta get through that screen And for the Pelicans, who've been a very heavy switch team defensively the past couple of years, this is maybe new to a lot of them, and a lot of teams tend to go with a switch-heavy scheme. So even the new guys might not be used to this sort of thing. So it creates a really big problem. But do you then dial down the intensity? And the team did this against the Denver Nuggets, really trying to play a little bit more conservative, and that's when they got their only win. Their defensive rating that one was 103. That's about league average. I think it's probably time, unless you know you are going to stick with this scheme and you go, No way in hell are we going to change it because these dudes, they need to freaking learn it. In which case, you keep it. And I don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong answer here. Are you more worried about development for the future? Or are you more worried about grabbing a couple wins right now? In all honesty, it might be better for the Pelicans to tank at this point. You're one in six, one in seven. Who cares? Just lose games, get another lottery pick, paired alongside Zion Williamson, Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Jackson Hayes we're going to talk about in the next segment here. And, I, you know, so I think it just kind of depends on what you're looking to do, what you're hoping to accomplish. And I don't know if you can necessarily have this both ways. If you want development, it's going to probably lead to more losses right now. If you want wins, I don't know if it will necessarily come at the cost of development, But you know what? You may as well run the defense you're going to run for years in the future. I don't know if you should really switch it up all that much. So they're kind of in a a spot where Pelicans just need to decide what they want to do, who they want to be. Are you building for the future? Or do you want to win a couple of games now? And there's merits to both of those. But I think we're going to kind of find out in the next couple of weeks what the Pelicans really are trying to do. But man, that, that throwing the extra dude down there in the paint, whether it's Brandon Ingram, whether it's Lonzo Ball, whether it's someone else who's got to kind of cover two things because they can't pick up the initial point of attack at times, really, really hurts them. This is a complicated scheme. There's no doubt about that. Are you the rotation guy? Are you the guy who's picking up the man? It's tough. And these guys are really struggling to do it, and in a vacuum, they seem like they should be able to defend really well. But they're not, so there's some issues with this. So you as a fan also need to decide, do you want to see development for the future, or do you want to win right now? There's no right or wrong answer to this, but certainly this Pelicans team is in a very weird spot. So we will get to Jackson Hayes in just a minute. How's the rookie playing? Can you keep trotting him out there, out on the court? But today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by mybookie.ag. It's my favorite time of year. Basketball season, football season. It's cooling off here a little bit in New Orleans. Weather, weather leaves on the ground, and threes from downtown. That's right. For some, it's fall season, but the rest of us, it's ball season. Pro and college ball are tipping off, and there's no better way to feel a part of the action than to have a stake in the game with mybookie.ag. Whether you know the favorites and you are going to take them, whether you know what the point total is going to be, trust me, someone let me know for Alabama LSU this weekend. Over or under, I go back and forth on this one. Or if you're maybe the guy who's trying to bet a little but wants to win a lot And you want to go with a parlay, picking multiple favorites over the week because you just got a feeling it's going straight chalk. If you ever want to get in the game or bet this season, the best way to do it is mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. And if you really want to support your team this year, the Pelicans, LSU, what have you, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag Use that football knowledge Use that basketball knowledge And show you have what it takes At mybookie.ag Where they make it easy to play And even easier to get paid And if you join right now MyBookie will double your first deposit That is free money right there for you Use promo code LOCKEDON To activate the offer That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA To double your cash Locked on NBA. Visit mybookie.ag to Today, you play, you win, you get paid. So throughout summer league and training camp, the story was Nikhil Alexander-Walker. He lit it up in Vegas over the summer, and we were wondering what his role was going to be, and could he win some more minutes during training camp and at the start of the preseason? And he's gotten some minutes so far during the regular season, but it's just kind of been eh. And Zion was the talk of all of preseason, looking just like an established NBA player at this point, a guy ready to contribute right away and someone you could easily try and make the franchise cornerstone if he wasn't already. Zion still is. But Jackson Hayes has kind of been lost in the shuffle. But we're starting to see some minutes for him with the injuries that the Pelicans are dealing with, with Zion Williamson, with Derek Favors, and with the lack of good play from guys like Niccolo Melli, who's in the doghouse right now, didn't even feature in the Nets game, was basically a damn ghost against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And so, really, you don't have that many other bigs other than Jahlil Okafor, so you've got to give Jackson Hayes some run. And he did get some run against the Brooklyn Nets. Got about 16 minutes, 16 and a half minutes of run against the Nets. And did a few good things, but also did some really bad things. And fouled out during that time, too. So I thought, hey, let's take stock of how he's done throughout the first couple of games of the regular season. Well, Jackson play, sorry, Jackson Hayes has played in four of them, averaging about 16 minutes per game, giving you 4.5 points per game, 3.8 rebounds per game, and he's shooting 60, 62% from the field. It's not horrible, actually, when you kind of look at the numbers and the per 36-minute numbers, scoring-wise, and some of the counting stats look pretty good, too. He's a guy who's averaging a cool 17.7 points per game, 8.6 rebounds, again, 62% from the field. He also gets to the line a decent bit, too, 4.6 times per 36 minutes, hitting him at 62%, but eh, whatever, you can deal. Also averaging almost three assists, two steals, and half a block per game. And he's not even turning the ball over. Those are some pretty good per 36-minute numbers. And then you get to the final one, the one right before the points if you're on basketball-reference.com like I am right now. Per 36 minutes, Jackson Hayes is averaging 10.3 fouls. Yeah, that's over-fouling out. Um, You're getting close to fouling out twice at that point. Per game, the 16 minutes that he's playing, he's averaging 4.5 fouls. That is most definitely a sign a very, very bad defense being played by someone, and it kind of bears it out. He has not been good on that side of the ball. He just does not have the awareness whatsoever to almost be out on the court playing. And this isn't to rag on the dude, and I'm not just saying, oh my God, he's bad, let's look and laugh at him. He's a rookie. Like What what are we supposed to expect from him? He's been playing like organized basketball for about two years now. His senior year of high school when he had a growth spurt, And then one year at Texas needs a little bit more seasoning. Whether it's in the G League or whether it's with the team right now, he just needs time. So this isn't to say that, oh no, like what the hell, he's a bust. This is to say you just got to be patient with it. But with the struggles this team has had, I've seen people calling for him to get into the game early on or that he should get more minutes, he should be the first big off the bench and all of these things. That's not the answer here. If you want to develop him and say, hey, if you're going to lose, you may as well play him. Sure, I totally get that argument. But he is not the answer. Even with the sort of energy and everything he gives you defensively, dude is a sieve right now. He is fouling at a very high rate, not playing good defense. And the other issue is he is not, according to the numbers, and I mean the eye test bears this out fully too, good at rebounding the ball defensively he's got a defensive rebounding rate of 11.8 that is the same number as each one more and only 0.2 better than drew holiday in fact jackson hayes is the what are the numbers here he's the ninth worst, uh, best rebounder on the team or worse depending how you go out of 13 guys he ranks nine only each one holiday jj reddick and frank jackson are worse than him they're all guards and two of those guards are close to his numbers. Only Frank and Reddick are actually like significantly worse. Dude cannot rebound. In the game against the Nets, five rebounds, three were offensive boards. He's actually good there. He is really, really good there. We'll, we'll, we'll talk him up here in a second. Only two were defensive. And you saw multiple times late in the game where he was just getting outworked by guys that aren't much you know that aren't bigger than him Torian Prince was outworking him for offensive rebounds Torian Prince is 6'7 Jackson Hayes I don't know what his official measurements were but he's taller than seven. he's 6'11 plus that insane wingspan that he has you can't be getting outworked by a small forward you've got to secure those rebounds plenty of times you could just put his arms over the dude and for whatever reason he didn't or couldn't He's hurting you out there right now. He's jumping on pump finks when guys get into the lane, just jumping in general when they get into the lane, not standing his ground, not able to give you anything. Again, offense hasn't been a problem for this team all year long. It's been the defense. So if you want him to come to the game early, and you're saying, well, he's going to give you energy to score, they don't need the help scoring. They need help playing defense, and Jackson Hayes right now isn't a guy who's doing that. Again, if you want to win games, you probably don't want Jackson Hayes in there. If you want to develop for the future, let's throw Jackson Hayes in. But right now, they're kind of mutually exclusive, to be honest. So I don't know if these are things where you can kind of have it both ways. Now, he is doing well offensively. I will give him that. Jumper's not really there, but he can get down low and he can score. And he's springy enough, like a better check Diallo, to make some things happen. He's got an offensive rebound rate, by the way. Of 13%, that's best on the team by about a percentage over Derek Favors. It's better than Jaleel Okafor. Those are pretty good numbers, to be honest. His shooting is really, really high. And he gets to the line at a pretty good rate, by the way. If you look at his free throw rate, which basically measures like number of times you're getting to the line divided by the number of times you take field goal attempts, he's high up there. It's close to 40%. That's actually really, really, really good for a rookie. And you can see it. He's getting to the line. He's trying to score. That's something that we talked about the other day on the show where I said, right now they're all about shooting the three ball and making the three ball. And I believe that that is a thing that they will be able to continue doing. I don't know. You'd still like someone to get to the line because Zion's going to be getting to the line. So let's double up on this. Jackson Hayes does show that he might be that guy who's capable of doing that. So some good and bad with him, but if you want to win some games right now, certainly more bad. You cannot play him defensively. It's been pretty rough, but hopefully it'll get better. And if you're cool not winning games right now, let's play Jackson Hayes because he is the future. And I'm seeing a lot of good from him, particularly with the offensive rebounding, the post scoring and all of the other things he can do. He's going to be able to set really good screens, too. You can kind of see that's coming. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening again. Shorter podcast today. Just two segments. We'll get back to the usual stuff. Hopefully, depending if I'm recording in the bedroom or not the next couple of days. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.